0: Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant, and we welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers, and certainly hope that you're enjoying your weekend. The state's COVID-19 numbers have been spiking again. Doctors say it is mainly due to the rapid spread of the Delta variant and Kentucky's large number of unvaccinated residents. More about that later when we're joined by Public Health Commissioner Dr. Stephen Stack. But first, summer is flying by for students and families enjoying a break and for schools preparing for a new new year ahead that is uncertain at best. The renewed COVID concerns are leading to major decisions for school systems about masking and social distancing and whether they need to keep online options at the ready. A third-generation Kentucky educator who started his career in Hazard, Kentucky, Education Commissioner Dr. Jason Glass, returned to his native state at the height of the pandemic last year after overseeing schools in Iowa and being a superintendent in the Denver area. Commissioner Glass joining us today for Kentucky newsmakers. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it, Commissioner. Thank you, Bill. It's great
1: to be with you again.
0: How concerned are you about uh, what we're seeing now as a surge in COVID numbers uh, here in midsummer as we head toward the start of uh, the school year? Uh, Some counties have returned to the orange and even red zones in these weeks uh, leading up uh, to the beginning of of classes.
1: Well, I think we all knew that this would not go away easily. And uh, while our hopes may have been that uh, with vaccinations becoming available and some are getting here that we would be through this and I think we have come through the worst of it we've still got to be careful a little while longer and that includes our schools and, and what that means for the startup of school this fall so we've got some more work to do we've got new guidance from our state department of health and from the CDC around how we can keep schools safe and so we're going to follow those but I think we we can look forward to more normal than it was before but we're not out of the woods yet
0: you have said that the- masking should follow CDC guidelines but is ultimately a local decision about whether students and teachers are required to mask up especially if they're unvaccinated you are basically just giving your guidance your opinion and then it's up to the local schools
1: well we've been unambiguous at KDE and and from my office that we follow the science and follow what uh, health experts recommend that we do to mitigate the spread of this virus. And our schools have shown that if they follow those mitigation steps, they can keep schools from being vectors by which uh, COVID-19 spreads in communities. So we've seen that be effective. So continuing forward, there's no reason on earth that we would deviate from that path. The latest CDC guidance uh, that our uh, State Department of Health guidance mirrors Uh, indicates that masks should be worn for unvaccinated individuals uh, and at this point, that includes all students under 12 because we don't have a vaccine that's approved for them. So going into the fall, our strong recommendation is that they follow that CDC guidance around masking, uh, around three feet social distancing, which is an improvement over six feet. So now that gets us out of the hybrid schedules and not being able to fit everyone in classrooms. That That's an improvement. Uh, and that schools continue with the hand washing procedures, hygiene procedures, increased ventilation, uh, contact tracing, quarantining all those things that were effective last year, we're gonna to have to continue that a little while longer. But I think the good news, Bill, is that we're looking at uh, in-person start across the state. Districts can uh, decide to ignore that guidance if they want to. I don't have any authority to tell them uh, to do X, Y, or Z uh, when it comes to their health procedures, but they do have liability risks. If, if they were to have an outbreak and someone were to get ill or, uh, uh, or worse um, because of the decisions that the school makes, there's some liability involved, so they need to consider that when they're making their determinations locally.
0: Do you anticipate that local school boards and superintendents and others will be under a lot of public pressure from both sides on this? Uh, uh, as they arrive at the decisions about to how to move forward on uh, masking, for example? Oh, absolutely.
1: There's no certainly no shortage of opinions on what should be done uh, when it comes to school or society when it comes to managing uh, COVID. Uh, we come back to what does the science indicate and what does the evidence prove. And we've shown that by following uh, some virus mitigation strategies that are based in science, we can control COVID-19 in schools, we can have in-person instruction. So that's that's the good news. Uh, but we can't just pretend that this virus doesn't exist, as frustrated as we are with it. Our enemy is this virus, and it doesn't rest, it doesn't get frustrated, it doesn't get fatigued, it just waits for openings and waits for us to let our guard down. And we can't do that with our schools and our kids. So I, my strong recommendation is that schools follow the CDC guidance, follow our State Department of Health, uh, guidance and stand by that um, and uh, we, we know that we're, we're not going to make everybody happy um, and that's we're not going to find consensus on this issue but if we base our decisions in in science and in what's proven effective that's a pretty strong place to stand
0: commissioner how nimble do you think schools uh, should uh, prepare to be if the numbers uh, continue to climb if they if we have hot spots that break out in certain areas of the state do they need to be ready uh, to move quickly to virtual options
1: well, I think one of the things that we've learned, uh, and throughout this whole year of managing this this pandemic and in education, is that we don't know what the future is going to bring. Um, we uh, when this first started, I don't think any of us could have wrapped our heads around that over a year later, we'd still be wrestling with it and and tangling with it. And it seems like every few weeks, there's a new development and something changes. So I'm hesitant to look into the future and say, here's what's gonna happen. I think we have to keep monitoring the situation. We have to remain aware, we have to remain uh, data informed, and we have to adapt our own uh, behavior and our own tactics as far as managing the virus going forward. Um, I, I sure hope that we don't end up having to switch to all virtual options again. Uh, Even the CDC guidelines that have recently come out indicate the importance of in-person instruction we know the negative effect that that had on so many of our kids some of our kids thrived in a virtual environment but a lot of our kids missed out on uh, experiences that our schools are now working to make up for so i hope we don't have to switch to that but we we have to remain open remain flexible and and watch the data and then make decisions based on evidence
0: what is your feeling about to whether schools should offer both in-person and a virtual uh, uh, offering i know uh, scott county Uh, reversed its decision this week. Uh, They were going to have a a virtual option. They've decided to go all in person. Uh, There may be others that uh, that arrive at that decision. Uh, What would your guidance be on that? Well, it,
1: whether COVID exists or not, I'm always a proponent for thinking about education delivery systems that best meet the needs of the students. So that could be virtual, in-person, hybrid, and all sorts of school uh, uh, models uh, that may exist out there to where we think about, we offer a variety of different learning options that fit the needs of students. Uh, in this case, I, I wasn't um, in, in the discussions with Scott County. That's a completely local decision. So I trust that they um, are doing what's what's best for them. and their uh, community. And I hope that that decision works well for them. So I I support that local determination. My recommendation for school districts is to think about a variety of different educational options from an instructional standpoint, but especially as we know that we may have more disruption because of COVID, to also consider how you could have virtual options or be able to switch to a virtual option if the need presents itself. We hope we don't get to that case. And again, we've, I think, proven that we can manage COVID-19 Uh, with mitigation efforts within schools but uh, widespread and exponential community transmission uh, is a is a threat uh, to school operations because the more the virus is prevalent in the community, the increase of that risk uh, for students and for staff in schools. The best thing that we can do, the most effective thing that we can do is move toward full vaccination as quickly as we can. That includes our students, our, our staff members, and our community members. So I can't stress enough, the best protection that we've got is vaccination.
0: Given all the challenges out there, you have talked about returning to what you have called a better than normal scenario for schools. What what do you mean by that?
1: Well, we learned a lot through this past year um, about what we miss about um, in-person instruction, the relationships that we can create. Um, between teachers and students and the outreach into uh, in, in communities, the relationships between students. When we have to shift to all virtual, we lose a lot of that. So we really learned um, how important that was. We also learned that we can do some things with technology that if we hadn't gone through this, we, we wouldn't have been aware of uh, like the hybrid option, like the virtual uh, options uh, that, that schools have uh, gotten really good at over, over this past year and uh, using those um, less synchronous or all the students learning in the same way together less of that and uh, allowing our students to be more independent to work on individual projects to present evidence that they've mastered concepts in their own ways Uh, all of these are are positive changes that I think we've learned and the flexibility uh, that our students had uh, in school outside of school to uh, when and how to learn how to show that they've mastered concepts I hope that those are things that flow through and continue with us because we really have learned a lot about flexible delivery models and options for students, that that there's a, a variety of ways that students can and should be learning inside and outside of school. And we hope that those continue and stick with us going forward.
0: Commissioner Glass, you know this is a culturally divisive time in America, and uh, that has led to heated discussions about curriculum. A hearing this summer in uh, Frankfurt uh, came to be focused on critical race theory as there's a move to ban that from being uh, taught in the Commonwealth. Uh, what should the public know about your stance on how history is taught? Well, I'm certainly
1: no expert on critical race theory, and and it's not something that I use on a daily basis. So. Uh, that might be something if you want to learn more about it, to have, have someone that's an expert in it and a user of it. But anytime we start talking about banning things and censoring things, it gets uh, me concerned. I don't think that's in line with our values as Americans. We don't run from tough discussions and tough debates. We bring ideas out into the open uh, and talk about them, and they have a free market and exchange of ideas and decide what the best path is forward. That's important for our citizens. It's important for our students as they grow up to be citizens. And so I think we need to be cautious when we think about uh, banning or censoring speech or thinking uh, that those are tools of autocratic um, and some of the worst uh, tyrannical regimes in history. So I think we just need to be thoughtful and careful as we move down that. And I think. Curricular decisions are largely uh, in Kentucky historically have been an element of local decision making. So if our lawmakers are thinking about a ban that comes from the state house, that's gonna violate some values that they have around local control and some values that we have as Americans around the free exchange of ideas. And they need to think carefully about those two steps as they consider this proposition.
0: What can parents do right now in these weeks uh, leading up to the start of the school year uh, to be sure that, uh, you know, uh, kids are resilient and ready to go? I mean, is it as simple as maybe get some bedtimes (laughs) uh, in practice and and that kind of thing and get ready to, uh, to begin to hit the books again?
1: Well, our schools have operated summer programs. We got a large infusion of federal dollars to help recover from COVID-19. We're gonna be able to spend that over the next three years. And so school districts all over the state, you've seen a variety of different summer programming options, some early return to school options. We're gonna see expanded supports when school gets going after school programs, Saturday school programs and weekend programs, and, and lots more people that are supporting our kids. So all of those are things that are really positive. I think if we, look back on this time we're going to look back on this year that we've had And our kids are going to say, wow, that was a really terrible, all of us will say that about the experience we had with COVID-19. But looking forward for our students, we're going to be able to create some amazing experiences for them and put some supports around them that they never would have had otherwise. So I hope at three years from now, our kids will be able to look back and say, you know, that year of COVID was really terrible, but what my community, what my school, uh, what my parents did for me in the three years after that, those are the three best years of my life. Uh, So I hope that's where we can get to and what we need to work toward. As far as uh, parents, uh, love on your kids, take care of them, uh, make sure that they're well fed, they're getting plenty of sleep, uh, and and uh, keep reading with them, keep thinking with them, and keep creating learning experiences in these last few weeks of summer that we've got left. We've got great state parks in Kentucky. We've got great. community uh events happening we've got great natural resources and outdoor experiences to be had in our state so get your kids out and and have those uh, while before we get back into school uh, where there's going to be a variety of different supports in place that, that i think is going to make this a great year coming up
0: education commissioner glass thank you very much we appreciate you being with us
1: Thank you, Bill.
0: And we hope you'll stay with us here. We'll be right back with Kentucky's Health Commissioner, Dr. Steven Stack. He'll update us on the situation out there with COVID-19 and the variant going around. Welcome back to Kentucky newsmakers. Good to have you with us. And just when we all started to think COVID was somewhat in the rearview mirror, the numbers are climbing again. It's happening as the new school year approaches and Kentuckians are making plans to attend big events like music and fall festivals and try to return to some sense of normal. So how should we proceed? Dr. Stephen Stack is Kentucky's commissioner of public health. He joins us now with the latest information. Thanks for coming in. Dr. Morning, Stack. Bill. Really appreciate nice it. You. Uh, As you know, people are ready for this to be over and had felt like maybe it was. Now the numbers are rising again. What does that tell us?
2: Well, that the disease is still there. So like the governor said on June 11th, the crisis may have passed in its immediate form, but that the pandemic is still underway. And so we've gotta be careful. There's a new variant out. It's much more easily spread. Uh, People who are unvaccinated are particularly high risk and so we've got to be careful but we do have to move on with our lives and I think if we're thoughtful about it we can move on with our lives.
0: We've had some counties that have slipped into the red category again meaning the infection rates are high in those areas. Uh, What do they have anything in common?
2: Low vaccination rates generally and so yesterday at the press conference I said at four o'clock there were 10 red counties and we updated the map after the press conference and now there's 13. It's changing quickly. There were no red counties on July 1st. And so when we look at the map, the areas where the vaccination rates tend to be lower are the areas where the cases are climbing the fastest. If you're unvaccinated, you're taking a risk, and and that risk is not uh, insubstantial.
0: Is it uh, correct if, for instance, the president and some other health officials have said uh, that this at this point is a pandemic of the unvaccinated?
2: That's correct. I think it is. This is a vaccine-manageable problem now. And, and well, not 100% of deaths are preventable, at this point, every death in an unvaccinated person should be considered a preventable death. And so it, that's a tragedy when we have a tool that makes those deaths unnecessary and they're still occurring, as people choose to not be vaccinated so it's
0: the delta variant uh, that has us uh, concerned right now Uh, it is what responsible for uh, a huge number of the cases right
2: so at on may 22nd the week ending may 22nd only about three percent of all the variants in the united states were delta as i sit here today it's over 83 percent in about two months the delta variant has crowded out nearly every other type of coronavirus in the united states so it is The problem at the moment.
0: Do we have to worry that other mutations will continue to come along?
2: We do. As long as we have a large number of unvaccinated persons, we have to be very concerned that the virus will mutate. The more people it can infect, the more it can change. And the more as it changes, it can learn how to be more potent, more effective. So it is absolutely important and critical that we get people vaccinated. Worldwide, we probably only have about 1.4 billion people on the planet vaccinated, and there's 7.8 billion in the commonwealth of kentucky we have about 51 percent meaning about half the state's vaccinated half's not the 2.2 million who are unvaccinated are both taking a high risk for themselves and giving the virus lots of opportunity to learn to improve itself and to be more dangerous
0: as long as it's anywhere in the world it is a threat right? that's
2: that's correct but this is a pure numbers game this is a the more opportunity for uh, multiplication and um uh, transmission, the more probability it will change. So this is a large numbers game. So if we vaccinate large numbers of people, there's not going to be large numbers of people to infect and for it to mutate in.
0: Are we seeing as these is the number of cases is going up? Are we beginning to see the numbers uh, who are b- b- being agreeable to vaccination go up as well?
2: Uh, I would say we have a continued slow interest in new people getting vaccinated. I would not say that we've seen any major uptick specifically because of the delta variant yet now our hospitalizations are beginning to increase and so as those increase uh, what follows after that almost always are deaths and unfortunately i think what we're going to find is when we look back a couple months from now those deaths however many they were are going to be concentrated in communities who were unvaccinated i hope I hope they'll be receptive to the message of getting vaccinated before that number grows too big.
0: As hard as the, uh, the federal, state, and even local governments have worked to, to try to promote the, the safety and effectiveness of vaccines, as you say, here we are basically half and half in Kentucky uh, who have been vaccinated. Many are still very hesitant. Many say it has not been long enough, it is unproven, uh, and, uh, as, as you know, those concerns linger. And then there are those who say they do not want the government telling them what to do. What do you say? To, On the last
2: to part, it's your choice. In the Commonwealth of Kentucky, no one has told you from the government that you must be vaccinated. So first off, that's a, when that's portrayed, that's um, not correct as far as in Kentucky. We have said it's your choice and we're consistent in that. As far as worldwide, uh, we have vaccinated, as I just said, almost 1.4 billion people in less than seven months. These vaccines are safe. And and it is a tragedy, a tragedy when people on social media and in other outlets communicate messages that that falsely equate normal occurrences, people naturally dying, people naturally having rare events with somehow a lack of safety. That is a falsehood. Pure and simple. The vaccines have never been deployed at this scale, at this pace for any other condition before, and in 1.4 billion people worldwide almost, we can say without hesitation the vaccines are safe. It doesn't mean there aren't rare occasional problems, but your risk, your relative risk of getting hurt by the virus is many, many fold higher so in a world full of risks the safest course is to choose to get back
0: as the school year approaches very quickly and summer is flying by uh, parents and uh, and students and teachers certainly know that uh, what advice do you have to uh, for schools as these decisions are being made Uh, uh, dr glass uh, weighed in on this uh, uh, in an earlier segment and he raised uh, questions about uh, liability for schools
2: Uh, well the first thing it's absolutely critical that we get kids back in school and in person learning it's so important for their development They're learning for food and nutrition services, social services, and many other benefits of schooling. So we need to get kids in school. And in order to do that safely, we need everyone who's 12 and older to get vaccinated. If they're vaccinated, they don't have to quarantine if they're exposed, and their risk of any serious harm is diminishingly small. We also need to have people wear masks who don't have the chance to be vaccinated yet. So the CDC has recommended all students under 12 who haven't had the chance to be vaccinated should wear masks. The American Academy of Pediatrics this past week has also recommended all persons in schools should wear masks. We need to make sure the virus doesn't get into the schools and also this past year the common cold, pink eye, influenza, we shut it all down. So clearly the masks work. If wearing a mask in the school setting is what it takes to keep kids and teachers and faculty in school safely and without disease, it is a small price to pay to have everyone healthy and safe. And so we'd encourage people to follow the CDC guidance.
0: What about for others right now? What is the guidance right now for, uh, for vaccinated or unvaccinated people who are in public settings?
2: Right, so if you're outdoors and you just have a little bit of space between each other, you're doing pretty good. I mean, we know that the outdoors are particularly uh, a lot safer. If you're gonna go indoors, if you are unvaccinated, you should wear a mask. Your risk of getting or giving the, va- uh, the disease is very high. If you have a vulnerable medical condition or your immune system is compromised, even if you're vaccinated, you should either wear a mask or you should avoid settings where you're close to people who are unvaccinated. People can get on with their lives overwhelmingly. We just have to take some extra measure of caution to keep the virus from hurting us too badly.
0: Some big events are scheduled. Uh, music festivals, Railbird uh, here in Lexington. Uh, some of the other events are coming up. We know football season is around the corner the state fair uh how do people go about uh, making a decision about whether to attend those things
2: well again if you're a generally healthy person who's vaccinated in an outdoor setting i think you can go ahead and do a lot of those activities you just have to be cautious in the settings when people pack in the concession area people are having their third or their fourth beer and they're talking loud and shouting over the the noise of the crowd those are the areas where you're likely to spread things but when you're outside and spread out in an outdoor venue you can go ahead and do a lot of those activities. But again, if you are medically vulnerable, if you have a compromised immune system, uh, even if you're vaccinated, and definitely if you're unvaccinated, you should be very careful. This is not a good time to be out in public and get sick with COVID-19.
0: Governor Bashir would not rule out the possibility of returning to some restrictions if, uh, if the numbers
2: uh, were to dictate that. Is that uh, at your advice? Well, I think the governor said a number of things. First of all, it has been and remains a privilege to serve with the governor. The governor's taken hard choices and made hard decisions to keep Kentuckians safe decisions that were difficult to make and ones that are clearly not popular at times. And so I'm very grateful to have a partner and and a boss that supports what we need to do. But he also said the calculus will be very different. This is different than last year. People who wanted to protect themselves had no way to protect themselves unless everyone took steps. Now you have ways to protect yourselves. Get vaccinated, And if you still feel concerned or vulnerable wear a mask and for all the rest of us if someone's wearing a mask leave them be they're protecting themselves or someone else don't be judgmental they're making a choice just like someone else may be making a choice not to be vaccinated leave them be and respect their right to make that decision so now the individual can take steps to protect themselves so the calculus is very different so i don't see any immediate return to anything that looked like last year,
0: Dr. Stack, uh, you, you stayed with me another couple of minutes. I, I want to ask you what you would be doing if it weren't, uh, the, you know, the, the COVID situation out there. So we'll be back our remaining moments with uh, Kentucky's Commissioner of Public Health, Dr. Stephen Stack, in just a moment. WELCOME BACK TO WKYT'S KENTUCKY NEWSMAKERS. Uh, INTERESTING DISCUSSIONS THIS uh, WEEK, EARLIER WITH uh, THE COMMISSIONER OF EDUCATION AND uh, NOW WITH THE COMMISSIONER OF PUBLIC HEALTH IN THE STATE. WE'LL CONTINUE uh, NOW WITH uh, DR. STEPHEN STACK, WHO WAS AN EMERGENCY ROOM PHYSICIAN uh, DEALING WITH LOTS OF OTHER THINGS WHEN YOU ANSWERED THIS CALL TO BE HEALTH COMMISSIONER. WHEN YOU WENT INTO THIS, YOU HAD NO IDEA COVID WAS GOING TO DOMINATE EVERYTHING. And you had other plans for addressing health concerns in Kentucky. What, what, right. what would you be doing right now? It's almost like a this? bait
2: and switch. I signed up for one right. job and got another, exactly. right? But so did the whole world, sure. so we're all in this together. Exactly. But, uh, we have a lot. The, the Department for Public Health is an amazing department in, in Kentucky. Uh, and the local health departments and the state health department, the things we do for Kentuckians are really exciting. So we've got work to do to help with early uh, cancer screening and prevention, work to do on diabetes, hypertension, obesity, Tragically, we have an epidemic within a pandemic. We've got substance use disorder, an opioid use disorder in the Commonwealth, unfortunately one of the worst in the country, and that epidemic has only inflamed during the pandemic because of many of the things that go with it. So there's so much to do and such a great team doing that work. I would have focused on all of that had there not been COVID, and and now i I look forward to spending more time on those important areas do
0: you see being able to 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 set your sights on some new goals now or do we still we just have to see where this thing goes with covid
2: well i I have an obligation to try to do all of it right and that's the challenge there's a lot there but we're going to we're going to do all of that there have been professionals working on all of this throughout covid but but the last few months the summer reprieve a little bit has given the space to immerse in that Uh, We're going to do great work for diabetes prevention programs. We're going to try to work on obesity topics. We're going to work on uh, substance use disorder. Uh, We've unfortunately had some increase in HIV uh, in some of the areas of the state. So a lot of those things are uh, areas we'll work on.
0: Dr. Stack, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And thank you for joining us for this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers. We'll see you this week on WKYT News and you make it a good week ahead.